At Chamberlain Group, we make access simple. Our purpose is uniform throughout our business and embraced at every level, especially with our leadership. In this series, we're sitting down with leaders across the organization to discuss their career experience, their involvement with the business, and with their broader industry. Let's take a bite-sized look. My name's Brendan Gilboy, and I am the Executive Vice President and Chief Financial Officer of the company. Why don't you tell me how long you've been working in your current industry in the, in the realm of finance? So I started my career uh, coming out of school with a degree in accountancy and started in public accounting, which is a very uh, accepted, understood uh, first job out of college for accountants. And uh, spent 20 years in public accounting, 10 progressing up the ranks and 10 as a partner, uh, an audit partner. So I was responsible for audits of financial statements and internal control audits of companies. But uh, th there came a point where I kind of said, you know, is there something else that I'd rather do and you know, expand my career horizons? And so I ended up leaving the partnership and uh, joined a former client as their CFO. It's a large global pharmaceutical company. Okay. And I was the North American CFO there um, uh, for a brief period of time because I think Two years after I joined the company, I got merged out of a job. My management team was on the wrong end of the stick, and so... And out um, of the ashes, where did you end up? That's right. We uh, we uh, afforded me the opportunity to look for something else to do, and that's yeah. where I ended up at Chamberlain. Okay. Yeah. So from CFO so, to CFO at Chamberlain Group. Yeah. So you've always held that title here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. Exactly. So, and I've been at Chamberlain now since, gosh, 2009. I'm one of the more tenured... Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, uh, you know, ELT members. Yeah, I was going to ask, does anybody have seniority over you on no. ELT? No? No. I have gray hair for a reason. <laughs> it's wisdom in those gray hairs. Yes. Yes. I want you to tell me anything particular about your career field that you love about it that, that keeps you going with it. What I really like about finance and accounting because they're, they're two kind of separate disciplines okay. is that it's the language of business being a storyteller and trying to elicit insights into you, 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 you look at you know a multi-billion dollar enterprise 5,000 people and all the effort and decisions made and outcomes possible outcomes uh, risks that are identified and managed. And at the end of the day, we distill all that and get it onto a couple of pieces of paper that tells a story around, you know, what did the company do and how good were they at it compared to what they thought they would do. Yeah, I never really thought about it that way. And regardless of what industry you're involved in, you can speak that language. That's a really cool way to look at it. And it's it's an older tongue too. It's been around for a while, even though it's taken some different yeah. shapes. Yeah, it, it's you know the the, the basic principles um, have been around for decades. Mm -hmm. Sometimes uh, people would attribute accounting going back to the Egyptian pharaohs when 
they, they had two people count the, uh, the grain reserves. And right. if the two people counted the grain reserves were, uh, didn't agree with each other, I think they were both uh, summarily executed. But, <laughs> um, but you know, yeah. counting, counting resources is as old as man. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, what, what keeps it fresh and interesting, though, is as business changes and evolves, like you, you've got to take basic concepts and apply them in entirely new ways. Right. So with the the foundations of this being pretty darn old and it having to take new forms as new industries come up and, and, and crumble down, what is something within that realm that you'd like to see improved on? I think people that pursue a career in finance could be uh, better teachers, better evangelizers. I live and breathe it every day of the week and it's very second nature to me. And so sometimes it's hard to comprehend that people very proficient in their chosen field and yet may be missing a, a very material element of perspective because they don't have the requisite level of financial acumen. Because a lot of people, it, you know, if, if, if you don't speak Spanish, someone's speaking Spanish, it doesn't much matter. Mm-hmm. To be a well-rounded business person, you've got to be able to speak the language of business. And I think uh, people that live, breathe, and eat that for a living could do a better job of, of helping other people understand uh, how to read and understand that language. Okay. That sounds like actually kind of a nice segue because I'm sure that you spend a lot of your time helping people understand what they're actually looking at and what they're dealing with. Why don't you explain your role within the company at a high level to me? So, you know, it, it's interesting because when people find out, oh, you're, you know, your job is the chief financial officer, virtually everyone has heard of that, that title before. Generally speaking, you, you have some sort of senior financial person, whether it's CFO or principal financial officer or, you know, that any, any other. Understanding of that role oftentimes kind of stops at those three letters, right? They're, they're the, well, what does that actually mean and what do you do, right? Um, no questions asked, carry on. Yeah. <laughs> do your money stuff. Um, so I, I have a fairly broad role in the organization because as the chief financial officer, uh, I'm essentially responsible for all the financial affairs of the company. Uh, and, and there's a very hardworking and engaged team that helps make sure we do that well. But when you think about you know, the finance aspect of my job, you know, business planning and analysis, accounting and reporting, treasury activities, uh, tax, and then risk management's another area of responsibility. So th- that would broadly be kind of, you know, thumbnail sketch of the, the finance and accounting aspect of my role. And then I have overall responsibility for the business systems IT organization. So Jeff Benenson, our right. chief information officer, uh, reports to me as well. And then the, the last broad area I have responsibility for is we call our corporate development function. And, and that would be uh, our, our acquisition. So as we look for uh, opportunities to grow through uh, M&A activity, um, that function I have primary responsibility for as well. So moving forward, I'd like to ask you, what are the main objectives that you are tracking this year and how does that help fulfill our overall company strategy? So the primary objectives I'm tracking are no different than the ones that 
Jeff Meredith tracks. Okay. I think like shot know, for shot, those are very, very close. Yeah. Okay. I, I probably look at other things from a, an operational perspective that Jeff wouldn't be as focused on, mm -hmm. but everything Jeff is concerned about, I'm concerned about. Okay. You know, the things I'm, I'm focused on, certainly making sure that we do our best to optimize the profitability of our core business. Mm -hmm. The other thing I'm very focused on is the trajectory of growth around our connected services businesses. What do we need to do to accelerate that growth? Um, and how do we how do we evaluate the opportunity to turn a, a piece of hardware that can be connected to MyQ into a, rev, a revenue generating service? That, that, that a lot of the organizations got their time and attention paid to that. And that's something that uh, I spent a fair amount of time thinking about as well. Yeah, it sounds like you are tracking the same objectives, but maybe looking at it through a slightly different lens mm -hmm. than the CEO might. But yep. that's, uh, that's good context. Moving on to the bigger picture, I want to know what you are seeing in your broader industry that's piquing your interest and uh, you know raising any flags with you? And how does that tie back to what you're doing here at Chamberlain Group? So from a broader economic perspective, I think um, everyone's kind of right now living through monetary policy, right? Like we're, what, what, what the Fed is doing to try and rein in inflation, the only thing worse than inflation is deflation. It's it's a it's a, a tight balance because if in a deflationary environment nobody spends money, why why spend a dollar today when I can wait a month and spend ninety cents, right? Deflationary environments are the antithesis to growth, and so in kind of the general truism, growth equals opportunity. You want to have acceptable levels of inflation that indicates a healthy economy, but. Um, you don't want inflation levels that we're currently experiencing because it eats into people's real purchasing power. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you take a look at, at our input costs, whether that's transportation or material, um, services, and, and then certainly people, I think we're, we've seen a moderation and a reduction of inflation, certainly with transportation and material input costs. Um, to the extent services are people-centric, I still think there's pressure there. Mm -hmm. And then and then the thing that everyone's kind of scratching their head about is that you know, even though there's a, an inflationary environment and there have been fairly publicized layoffs, they tend to be sector-specific, not pan-economic, um, the labor market remains fairly tight. And, you know, there's not, not a cogent operative explanation for that, although I think there's a lot of kind of armchair quarterbacking in terms of this is one of the enduring impacts of COVID that uh, employable people left the workforce permanently mm -hmm. um, and they don't appear to be coming back. And so finding the right talent to join a team is a more significant challenge than it has been historically. Is there anything in particular that uh, inspires or challenges you? Being part of a winning team is, is really the inspiration for me. I, I was having lunch with Dave Schoberlein today, and he's our assistant corporate controller. And, and we were talking about this notion of like, you hear the gurus talk about like, what gives you joy. And you know, on, on some level, we all have jobs that 
like there isn't like this inherent energy from accomplishing this particular task, right? But when when you step back and look at, you know, taking pride in a job well done and what you were able to accomplish together and and take real satisfaction in how far you've been able to move the company forward. That that that's really where I derive my quote job satisfaction from. Okay. Um, you know, I'd 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 have very tough times sitting here with a straight face saying I get, you know, lots of psychic income from closing the books every month. Right? That's that's what we have to do. Yep. But it's more about you know what team you're on, who you're who who you're winning with, and uh, celebrating it, and celebrating like too. that success than it is the the you know at, at times the you know the hard work of of what our individual jobs are. All of this into consideration. What excites you about the direction that Chamberlain Group is headed? So I think that we have a very unique opportunity to do something that not many companies have the opportunity to do. And, and that is that we're able to continue to invest in and grow and optimize a very successful business that's hardware-centric, and at the same time, create new businesses, like new-to-the-world businesses. Disruptive um, businesses. Yep. yep. Yeah, the whole world of Internet of Things and making access simple for people, um, providing them customer experiences that make their lives easier, give them peace of mind, enhance sense of security in, in ways that have never been done before. Like we're not we're not building a better mousetrap, right? We're we're doing something new to the world. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I think when all is said and done and you know I'm sitting in my rocking chair with grandchildren, like it would be wonderful to think that like MyQ is ubiquitous to the world, and people can't imagine life without MyQ, mm -hmm. and that I was there from the ground floor and helped build that. It's a big one, but I like it. All right. That's all I got. Great. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Brendan. I, I appreciate you sitting down with me for a bit and talking. Certainly. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more introductions from our leaders at Chamberlain Group. This episode was written, recorded, and edited by me, Colin Uthi. Our producer is Megan McClendon. Our music was provided by Invato Elements. 